I want you to take your Bibles and we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be doing this for a number of weeks. Uh, This will kind of lay down the base or the foundation for what we're studying. Have you ever noticed that sometimes our mood can be all over the place? But as long as we know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel... You know, I can get through it. Like, like a few weeks ago, a few days ago, actually, uh, we had all that rain that came in. And rainstorms like that, can, for some people, they're like, man, I love that. But for others, it means you can't go outside. It's dreary. It's, you know, it's damp. It's cold. It's, it's dark. You know, all those things. But it's all right because I'm going to get through it. Then the, then the sun came out. We had a day that was like 71 degrees. Our mood changes. We get excited and all these things. And, and I thought it's, a, it's a funny how we go through those wave of emotions, but I think right now when the whole coronavirus, the COVID-19 thing came out, we're like, we'll get through this. Kids are at home. All right, we can do this. And then it gets extended and extended and extended. And it's like longer we're not coming together, longer not going to work, longer we're not going out to eat, we're not meeting friends for coffee, we're not fellowshipping, we're not going to church, we're not having life group, we can't go get ice cream, we can't go to the movies, we can't. It, it begins to have an effect on us. We can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, and, and I think it begins to affect us in a lot of ways. I think we need to understand the difference between rejoicing, having joy, and what happiness is. Because right now, a lot of people are like, man, I'm just not happy. And I, I even get bothered with things like this, like he's going to talk about, oh, we should have the joy of the Lord all the time. And we're thinking, I don't want to hear that. Because right now I'm discouraged. I'm upset. I'm going through stuff. You're going to sit there and say that I should just, you know, put on a smile and act like everything's okay. And that's not what the Bible is saying with this. And so Philippians is a book of joy. It's a book of joy. Listen, nine times the word rejoice is used in Philippians. And it's, that word is used in every single chapter. Um, And then six times the word joy is used. And so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, listen listen to this. And this is going to be the main verse because this is going to set up what we're going to study in Philippians 4 for the rest of these uh, coming Wednesdays. But he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Did you notice that he's kind of emphasizing that rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'm going to tell you, you need to rejoice. When when something's repeated like that, it's, it's said for emphasis and we're, we're gathering this, and, and we, sometimes we feel convicted saying, man, I, I don't want to hear this. I, I, don't, I don't want to sit there and hear about joy and, and what I should be, because sometimes we're just, I don't, I don't want to have a smile on my face, and I don't have a smile on my face, and, and I'm not going to walk around like some sort of robot pretending everything's okay when, when life is not okay. So, so we ask, what does this really mean? Because let me, let me make a statement. It does not mean Rejoice in the Lord always does not mean that you don't feel down, sad, upset. It doesn't mean that. And, and I think some of us can just breathe a sigh of relief going, oh, okay, so if, if I just have a bad day, it, it doesn't mean that I'm like running from God or I'm lost in sin or something because of this. L- let me illustrate this, of uh, proving this point with this. And just weighing this out, the two shortest verses in the Bible are these. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, where it says, rejoice evermore. You know, I mean, it's like, rejoice evermore. And we're like, okay, that is, this is what the Bible says. I'm supposed to rejoice evermore. But then the other shortest verse in the Bible is one that we all know, Jesus wept. Now take those two verses and you're going to say, rejoice evermore. 
But when Jesus came and Lazarus was dead, and that's where that verse is uh, at, Jesus didn't walk up and say, woohoo, this is great, let's do this thing, everybody, high fives, like, like nothing was wrong. The Bible says that Jesus came in and he was upset. He was emotionally expressing himself. He was sad. He cried. He mourned with them that were mourning. And uh, you, you can imagine as Jesus was in the garden before he was arrested. Have you, have you ever noticed how when he prayed and you say rejoice evermore? Well, Jesus never went against scripture, but let me read this verse. And being in agony, think, think of that word. It, it's inner turmoil, upset, broken. It says he prayed more earnestly and sweat as it was great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Being in agony. I mean, being distraught, broken. And yet, was Jesus going against the verse of rejoicing evermore? Uh, the Bible explains it with another illustration of a mother giving uh, birth to a child. And it says in, in John 16, 21, a woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour has come, about talking about giving birth. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that his man is born into the world. But ye know therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. A lot of, a lot of women would relate to this. As you're, you're in that point of giving birth, and I'm not going to pretend I know what that's like, but I've, I've been in that situation with us and God blessing our family. And my wife was not saying, this is wonderful, Tony. I'm just, you know, it wasn't like that. I mean, she was cool and all, but it wasn't like that. And, and it's just so funny that we can have this false misconception. The Christians will have sorrow. Christians will be upset. Christians will be sad. The Bible even says there's in, in Ecclesiastes 3.4, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn a time to dance. There are times for those things. So having joy in the Lord does not mean that we'll always smile. And it doesn't mean that we're always walking around like everything is awesome. And it doesn't mean you're not going to go through stuff. And it's not going to mean all the things that we almost make up in our minds that this verse does mean. It doesn't mean those things. We're not spiritual robots and we have emotions and feelings. So you can breathe as we're talking through this, because we want to talk about what it actually is. So we wonder, is it as an attitude? Is it a mindset? Is it, is it faith in God? So let's start by doing a word study, and I love doing that. So I said these words nine and six times, joy and, uh, and rejoicing are mentioned in this passage. So let's, let's break those words down and understand what we're actually talking about. So joy is cheerfulness or a calm delight. It's, it's inside you. The Bible says if you have joy, it's a calm delight is what you have. It's gladness. It's a fullness. It's what the Bible is saying. It's, you could almost compare it to a lot of like joy and peace, how those are married together when we talk about joy and peace a lot of times. See, true joy is different than happiness. And I think that's why we get these confused a lot of times. Happiness is based on material things or circumstances that things of this life that bring you pleasure. So we all know this in life, okay? You're, you had a long day, it's Friday, it's five o'clock, you get to go home. You're like, yes, you know, okay, happiness comes over you. This feeling comes over you. Like you're smiling, see you guys, I'm out of here. Then you leave, there's a traffic jam on 270, there's an accident, you're stuck in traffic for an hour and a half. 
no more happiness. Okay, you're not sitting there. That, that feeling or that emotion changes in the middle of that. Or you're going on vacation and you're going on a cruise or walking through the gates of Disney World and you have your family together and you're, you're looking forward to this and you plan this out and you don't have to answer phone calls. Happiness comes on you, paying off your car, graduating. So happiness comes and goes throughout the day. But remember, rejoicing in the Lord is something we do all the time. So they're different. See, happiness comes from outside things. It comes from the time changing, the seasons changing. It comes from news, uh, vacation, or whatever. It comes from your circumstances. But joy is the inner man. Joy is talking about stuff on the inside that God gives you. That's, That's why it can remain, because it's not something that comes and goes with money, It's something that stays and remains with you with God because God doesn't leave you. God is the same yesterday and today and forever. God is that solid rock. So you've got to understand that what we're talking about joy comes from God. You don't get joy from other things. You get happiness from other things, but not joy, which is calm delight. That's what we need during this time. I need to know internally that I have calm delight, that I can go to bed and sleep. I, I, I need to get up in the day and knowing that it's going to be okay with joy. Kids might scream. They might throw up all over the place. They might, you know, totally don't know how to answer their homework questions, whatever happiness goes up and down. But I need to know that things are going to be okay because I have God. That's what joy is. So feelings come and go. And so we need to understand this. It's inner calm that comes from God. And so let's look at the word rejoice, okay? That's a little different because that's more of an action, so it's, it's, it's responding or acting out the joy that we have. It means to be cheerful is what it means. It's something that we get from our joy. We, we get, we, we're rejoicing in something. We're celebrating in something. And so uh, this, is, this means to be calm or happy or to be well off. It, it, it's something that God does in us is to rejoice in what God is doing. So rejoicing is more of an action than a feeling. Rejoicing is more of an action than a feeling. That's why he says to rejoice. So, and, and I promise you right now, we're just laying the groundwork. So if you're sitting there saying, I don't know if I fully get this, hang in there. I promise you, especially after today, we'll lay the groundwork. And then we're going to build the how-to in our life. Because I think there's, there's like three major aspects of Philippians 4 that you're going to go, oh, I can do that. Oh, and that makes sense. I promise you, when we get to this, it's, it's just going to help us out so much. So it says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It says this. Now, let me ask, who is saying this? Well, Paul is saying this. And you've got to think, if you look back in history, Paul is saying this from prison. He's not in a good place of being happy. You know, I mean, I, we don't, and everybody kind of guesses what that looked like. Was he in house arrest? Was he in a prison cell or whatever it was? But we knew, do know that he was in bonds. He was restricted. He was in quarantine, okay? So we can relate with that. He was in quarantine. So I, I want to use this first illustration here to visualize this is you, this is me, standing in your problem. All right? So if you can imagine, this is us standing in our problem. Now for you, right now, just so that we get through this Bible study and have understanding, name your problem. You don't have to shout it out, but just name it. What, what is it? You say, uh, Pastor Tony, it's, it's coronavirus. Okay, yeah, that's what's affecting everybody. What is, what is yours? Being laid off work? Is it you're, you're, you're having to have your kids at home and 
You can't be two places at once. You're working at home. They're at home. Can't, you can't afford your, your bills. Are you fearful? I mean, what is your problem? Because we all have problems. I mean, even Jesus was facing the cross. Lazarus died. We could go on and on. Something that we're standing in the middle of that we're facing. And in my problem, I'll have feelings that are all over the place. I'll cry. I'll, I'll be happy. I'll have something good that the kids will say something funny and you're laughing and the next minute you're depressed and you're down and out. But I want to remind you that rejoicing is not a feeling. Because that's, if we're understanding, because we can be all over the place when it comes to our feeling. Rejoicing is not a feeling. What is rejoicing then? Let's, let's break this down. Rejoicing, number one, is a choice. It's a choice. Now, and this is going to help us out a lot as we study this. But to understand it's not something that naturally happens. It's a choice. It's an action. You choose this action. You choose to do this. So the root word of rejoice is, is cool. It comes from the Strong's word, 5479, char. Um, it, it means to lean towards. Now, when you start getting deeper into a word, then all of a sudden it starts adding up. And you say, okay, I, I didn't understand. So it's not like we're in the middle of something to have this calm delight. It's not a matter of just putting on a smile. That's superficial. And we're talking about a calm delight that literally means that comes from rejoicing. The action comes for, from to lean towards. So look at this, this, this next illustration here. Imagine this graphic and you're standing there in your problem, because that hasn't changed, you, you know, so you, you have the emotions that are going up inside, but then you have two choices. You have your problem that you can lean into, or you have Jesus. I don't know that sounds really cliche, but let me explain in practical sense what that actually looks like when we're talking about this. So it, you stand between these two choices, but rejoicing is choosing to lean into Christ. See, Philippians 4, 4, rejoicing in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, or put it like this, lean into the Lord always. And again, I say lean into the Lord. When you start seeing the application of what he's saying, that if joy is in the Lord, and that's where I find this calm delight, where I take my mind, my actions, my focus, and that's where I lean into, that is rejoicing in the Lord. That, that's what he's saying through this. We can, re, we can choose to rejoice or lean into our problem. And Honestly, that's what we do. Think, think about this, this illustration like this. If you're leaning into your problem, you begin to be consumed with the problem. Okay, because we have our Bibles, and a lot of us, I hope you are too, you're, you're going through the 21 days of fasting and praying, and I, I hope we're doing that. I've, I wrote it myself, so I'm not saying that you know, it's, it, it's all that, but it's the Bible that is powerful. And us just getting into it and, and, and leaning into God that way. But sometimes we, we find that we're not even in the Word of God whatsoever. And we're more into watching the news. And then you're sitting there go, oh, here we go again. Man, it's getting worse. And can you believe that? Oh, yeah. It's like, and our minds just fill with it. I'm not saying that you can't watch the news. But I'm saying, what are you leaning your mind, your focus, your heart, your attention into? You, you get into debates on Facebook of, I think it's this. And I don't believe this. And why is it this? And da, da, da. Do you know what you do when you walk away from that? I don't know why they said that. And they're wrong. And I'm right. And this is right. And I can't believe the president's doing this or not doing this. Or Mike DeWine's doing this or not. And, and, uh, we're, we're leaning into the problem. And, and all of a sudden, we're involved in debates, everyone's opinions. We're watching the news. But let me tell you something about living like that. 
It consumes you. Leaning into the problem will rob you of joy. And I think it's for Christians or whoever you are right now, you need to understand that. When you lean your mind into the problem, you will not have any inward joy or any inward peace or any inward gladness whatsoever. Because it, over, it overwhelms you. And if you read through the rest of Philippians, you'll start with this in mind. You'll be like, that's why it says that. And that's why this makes sense. So all of a sudden, you begin to worry. You don't sleep. You're grouchy. You turn off the news and your wife says something. You, you snap at them. The kids, you snap at them. Why? Because your mind is all wrapped around the problem. You lean into this. And, and it doesn't produce joy. It does the opposite. It, it robs you into this. But instead, we're supposed to lean into Christ. Now, let me explain something. Because leaning into Christ doesn't mean your problem goes away. Remember, you're in your problem. It's a matter of what you're rejoicing or what you're leaning into. That's what that word means. So I've done a lot of funerals as a pastor. I, I, I've, I've been involved with a lot of that. And I, I've seen this. People will go up in a, in a funeral and the wife is standing there and she is upset. She's weeping over the passing of a parent or a relative or something like that. And then she turns in her problem, in her feelings, in her despair, and she looks for that husband, that spouse, that friend, that relative, that parent or whatever that's standing there. And if you notice what they do is they look for somebody, not somebody, that they're looking for someone that they know has these qualities or these characteristics of that, that strength and everything. And then what you see is you see them uh, leaning into them or they, that, that's that illustration that we see right here. They're, they're leaning into it. They fall into it. It's a choice. She could sit there and say, I'll handle this by myself, sit down in her grief and be overwhelmed with it. But in her mind, she leans into her husband. You say, was her husband making everything go away? No. But you know what she's doing is she's tapping into that strength, that support, that love, all those things, just like Christ is, our rock, our strength, our support, all these things. And that's a perfect illustration. In the time of mourning, you're leaning into somebody that's going to take you or hold you. And in that, it doesn't make it go away, but all of a sudden, it does something to you. That's why you need a hug and you need your family because it brings into your life that calm delight. It's, it's another illustration of this is the same thing. When your child gets out of bed and they're sick or you pick your baby up out of the bed and they're sick and they're crying and they're crying and they're crying and all of a sudden, you take that sick child that is still sick and you hold them, you, you, you cuddle with them or whatever. And all of a sudden, them leaning into you, them leading into your presence, all of a sudden, it brings a calm delight over them. Their, their minds are not left to themselves and not just in their problem that my head hurt or my belly hurts or whatever it is. They're, they're now focused on the fact that they have love and attention and, and care from that parent. What does the baby normally do in that situation? In your arms, they fall asleep. Do you know what that falling asleep is for that baby? It's calm delight. Do you know what it is for us to lean into Christ? It's calm delight. So this is what we're looking for. That's why rejoicing is choosing to lean into God. Here's, here's the second thing. According to the definition, rejoicing is choosing to focus on God's goodness. Now, I know it's the same thing. It's almost just like another level. It's not just rejoicing in, or leaning into God. But let's look at that ex, uh, definition again. It means rejoice. That word char means to lean towards but it means to have an awareness of God. It means to be aware of God's grace, his favor, and his joy, to recognize his grace. 
You, you think about what it is, just like I gave that illustration a minute ago of that wife turning around at a funeral and leaning into her husband. She turns around and she recognizes her husband of someone that loves her, someone that's there for her, somebody that is strength, and she leans into that. She doesn't just pick some random stranger in there. Why? Because they, 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 there's no connection there. But you realize what God is saying this, rejoice in the Lord, not rejoice in your circumstance, and that changes things. God's not saying you need to just rejoice that you're, hey, I'm so glad that we're in coronavirus. No, I'm so glad that I'm in Christ while I'm in coronavirus, while I'm in this state, while we're in this season. I'm going to lean into Christ. But that definition literally means to lean into his goodness. So think about this. It's a choice. When you're in there, you have a choice. That is why choosing joy is a choice. Think about right, right now, make a mental list of the goodness of God. Make a list of this. These facts are these truths. Because when I say leaning into Jesus, we're leaning into his faithfulness. That your job might not be there and money might not be there. But God made a promise and he said, I will be here. And I need to, not in my mind, have the news of CNN and, and uh, ABC and everybody else out there saying, here's a statistic and everything. I'm not saying not to have a knowledge of what's going on, but I'm saying I want my mind to be consumed and focused on the fact that my God will never leave me and my God will never forsake me. And I want my mind to be wrapped around that, to lean on this. What does it mean to lean on that? Think about the definition of what we just said to be unaware, to recognize, to, to do all these things about that. So what the Bible is thinking about is to think about it. Have music playing that reminds you of that. Have Bible study that tells you that. Watching Bible studies and, and the, the kids' programs and all these things that we're doing. We're giving you something to lean into. We're giving you something to focus on. To think about this. God, you have me. God, just like that wife leaning into her husband, you're not going to leave me. You're going to stand with me. We, we lean into God's goodness. The Bible tells us to cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Think about that in the respects of this, of leaning. God, I, I can't even carry myself. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. So we just lean into Christ. God, I need you to grab me. I need you to hold me. I need you to lift me up. See, the Bible says that we find all these things in Christ. You find strength. You think about what the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you ever notice how when we, when we lean into Christ, things begin to change. Just the same way that that wife is so broken at, at that casket, at that passing of somebody, and she's like, I can't do this, I'm broken. The husband leans into her. She leans into that. He holds her, sits with her, comforts her, and walks her out. All of a sudden, it's not your strength. It's the strength of God. You find in God what? Joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's joy that is inward calmness and inward delight. Not that you found in your circumstances and not that you found in your problem, but you found in God because you leaned into him. You put your mind and your heart and your attention, music, Bible study, fellowship, and encouragement. So rejoicing is a choice because you're standing in the middle of these choices. Okay? Right now, you choose every day, tomorrow, you choose where you're going to let your mind go. 
what you're going to consume your mind and your heart and your focus, you choose it. So if you don't have any calm delight, it's not because God's not offering it. And if you don't have any inner peace that God's giving you through this or inner joy that comes for this, not outside, inside, you're saying, I don't have that. I have to ask you, what was your mind filled with? Is it all Facebook on your phone? Is it all CNN? Is it all debates? Are you sitting there arguing with people? Are you, are you worried about it? Or are you leaning into the things of God and his promises? Rejoicing is a choice. But I'll close with this point. Rejoicing is a command. Let me get real serious with Christians, okay? God doesn't want you living depressed, down and out, and sad and consumed with this. When we say greater is he that is in us, than he that is in the world, and the fact that God, if God's before us, who can be against us? Those things are meant to remind our brains to bring us delight and joy. That's why we have this. But the verse, again, it says rejoice in the Lord always. It's not, well, if you feel like it or if things are good. Always, wherever you find yourself, job loss, having a kid, sickness, test results, wherever you're at, coronavirus, kids being homeschooled, being laid off a job, having to work from home, wherever you are, God says in that thing, in that situation right now, God gives you a command and instruction. You said, wait a minute, I thought you just said it was a choice and now you're saying it's a command. Do you understand that that's truth with us every single day? You choose to obey God. You choose what you're going to do. We choose to sin. We choose to read our Bibles. We choose to turn on the TV. We choose to debate with people. We choose to argue We choose. But God says, if you're my children, this is the way you're to walk. And everything that you do, you lean on me and I'll take care of you. And everything that you do, you you focus on my goodness and I'll take care of you. I believe right now that this whole thing, and I, I know everybody's all over the place with feeling about why we're in this and we shouldn't be in this and everybody. I I I'll be honest and I, I really think that God's using this to shake us. I think God is doing so much through all of this that some Christians are so upset that it's happening and what the governor or whoever is doing or not doing, and we're so focused that we're not leaning into Christ saying, God, what are you doing? Because right now, I believe that God is doing a lot. And what I, what I have even learned from this is for us, what do you lean in every single day of your life to give you joy? What are you leaning into every single day? Because God, have you noticed that he's taking away sports? And so what are you leaning into now? Then God takes away and you have to work from what are you leaning into now? But even for us as Christian, God takes away life group the way we normally, God takes away church services. God takes away our traditional programs. God takes away our fellowship. And you're saying, well, wait a minute. Those are all biblical things. Those are things that God uses to help us lean into him. You are absolutely correct. But you know what they're all for? They're all for leading us to Jesus. Do you understand that? And if you fall apart because you don't have a program, it makes you me wonder why you actually like the program. And if you don't have that, we fall apart at the core root of us as Christians. Is it the church and your friends that give you joy or happiness or that feeling? Or is it the fact that God can take all that away and God just says, how about just me and you? Just me and you right now. Will you lean into me? Or do you have to have your friends? Will you lean? You know, and by the way, we will go through seasons that we don't have those things because Paul is locked up. Paul doesn't have fellowship. He's not going to potlucks. He's not going out with his friends. There's no pizza parties. There's no game nights. 
Paul doesn't have enough. You know what Paul is still saying in the middle of that? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So it's not based on what we have in our life. And if it is, maybe, maybe God's pulling things out of our life to say, what actually brings you happiness? What do you lean on? Because if all it is is your programs and your friends at church, and it's not really Jesus Christ, that maybe he's taking a pause on our programs and some of the things that we do just to say, hey, how about it just be me and you right now? I, I think this is important for us to get. Because what Paul was teaching us through all this is so practical. In the next couple weeks, you say, man, I want that. I want true joy. I want that in my life. I want that. Well, good news, because in Philippians 4, you can go ahead and read it. I'm going to show you so many things in the middle of this that I promise you're going to be like, oh, that's how God does this. And, and I mean, it's right there. It's so many things. And I'm, and I'm not just talking uh, ideas. These are practical things that tomorrow, next Wednesday, when you walk out of, or, or not walk out of, sit out of our Bible study, and you're done with our Bible study, you're going to find in the middle of that, those are, these are real things that you can do in your life to, to lean into Christ and, and, and focus on the attention of what he's doing. And I promise you it works. 